When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, you sneaky freak, get off of Pornhub and go to YouTube. You could be watching this episode right now with your own two little ojos. Yeah, why are you listening when you can see? Check us out at YouTube. Just search for Sex Talk with my mom. You can watch this episode. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Wait, did you say tarot wow. reader or Torah reader? I said tarot reader. <laughs> um, it's one of those, like, is she middle-aged, is she not kind of questions. Like, there's lots of interpretations is what I'm trying to say. I'm a tarot or tarot reader, as you wish. It's uncomfortable to talk about sex, but sometimes it's important to get uncomfortable. Sex Talk with My Mom is the best mom-son podcast about sex. It's the only one as well. My mother is a cougar. My son is a clown. In a nutshell, my dad died. So my mother decided to create a YouTube channel all about sex, like all mothers do. And then my son decides to use my material in his stand-up comedy routines. And thus, Sex Talk with My Mom was born. Welcome to Sex Talk with My Mom. I'm Cam Poder. And I'm Karen Lee Poder. And today we have a very special episode because we invite on an incredible guest. She's an astrologer. She's a psychic medium, which I love. Nothing better than a, a medium that I can talk to the dead people with. And she's an animal communicator. And I wish she had communicated with, with Buddy and told him to shut the fuck up when we're recording. The dog would not stop. Her name is Jessica Lanyato. She is the incredible host of the Ghost of a Podcast. And she has an incredible Patreon page where she does readings. And she has a hilarious Instagram where she tells you about life from the perspective of the different planets and, and stars in, the, in our galaxy. I mean, she went and did, beyond what she did for us individually, because she did do some readings on both of us, which were incredible i mean literally i had goosebumps she made me feel a lot better about life and death you know i asked our sneaky freaks this week what they wanted to hear from her we got some responses like joseph said sounds like my ex if her name is claire can you ask her why she really dumped me lol (laughs) we chose not to ask that question chris also asked ask her when the animals have sex do they worry about coming too quick we also didn't Uh, answer that question (laughs) Wait, was that in any way a reflection about you? No, that was not. Oh, I didn't know. We did have some uh, questions that we did get to. I guess she was psychic enough that our conversation naturally flowed there. The questions that we did get to are like Cassie's, which was, does this person believe in reincarnation of souls? We talked about Nate's, which is, can you ask her about Saturn returns? I'm going through mine right now, and my life is a complete dumpster fire. And we also talk about how she got into this work, what astrology really is, and what she sees on the horizon for this pandemic. You're going to find out so much stuff about things that you never even thought you were questioning. I found out something, which I'm not going to do a spoiler, but I mean, she was able to bring about some life-altering revelations for me. Did you know that, Cam? I didn't know that, Mother. I'm excited to hear about that. 
And I'm excited for you guys to experience this conversation. It was really a lot of fun. Thank you again to Jessica for coming on the show. And without further ado, Mother, do you want to sing us into this interview? Yes. And let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the tree and having fun with astrology. Look at that. Oh, my God. Maybe it's going to be a great episode, folks. Yeah. And now you know it's going to be a great episode if I was able to rhyme. I'll talk to you guys guys. on the other side. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts. Jessica Lanyato, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so excited. So pumped to have you here. We very rarely have guests, but when we heard about you, we were like, we need to have you on the show. Absolutely. That's that's quite a compliment. Thank you. I'm very excited. The sneaky freaks know that I am very into astrology and all forms of extraterrestrial communication. Is that the word? That's exciting. I mean, extraterrestrial. Oh, it's probably not extraterrestrial. I'm, just, I'm not. I, I'm not at all alien. Talking about aliens. I was just talking you're about talking about I, like esoterics. Yeah, I, I yeah, yeah. I, need, I need the right term. I need, you know, I like the old um, tarot cards, palm mm-hmm. reading, reading tea leaves, whatever it is. My grandmother used to read tea leaves. I I can't oh, do it wow. myself, but yeah. So yeah, this is an inherited thing you got going here. No, she used to laugh about it and say, you know, it's like all the women uh, where, she, you know, my my grandmother's a Baghdadi Jew and in her culture back in Baghdad, all the women read tea leaves kind of like culturally. And so she would laugh about it and not take it very seriously. It wasn't like something she identified as a gift, although she was pretty serious. She read tea leaves all the time for herself and for friends. So that's no coincidence, Jess, you know that. Okay. Well, I mean, sure, sure. She would disagree, but I, I'll take it. Okay. I'll take it. (laughs) How did you get into this? Um, you know, I was this little kid, like six, seven years old talking about astrology and granted, it was the late 70s, but I was just like obsessed with astrology. I would talk about astrology as though I knew about it. And mm. so all the adults around me were like, oh, she'll be a philosopher. She'll uh, she'll be like a therapist, you know, like all that kind of stuff. No one thought astrologer was a path I could take. But I went to an alternative CJAP and I'm from Quebec, Montreal, Quebec. So we have a different school system there. And there's a two year government funded college program out of high school that everyone takes and it's university classes, but it's like 60 bucks a semester. Um, So you can figure out what you want to do with your life. Very humane. Oh, I love that. Very humane. And I had the great privilege and honor to take, uh, I went to the alternative CJAP, which I don't think even exists anymore uh, in the early 1990s. And there was um, this psychology teacher who at the regular college taught psychology from a Jungian perspective and in the alternative college, he taught astrology from a Jungian perspective. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. So I took. I wish we had that when I went to school. Me I mean, too. It's so cool. I feel so lucky because it didn't, you know, it only existed the two semesters that I went to the classes. So oh it was gosh. just like so fortuitous for me. And once I took those classes, I was just like, well, clearly this is what I'm going to do with my life. And at that point, I also happened to have come out of the closet and I was just like, well, obviously moving to San Francisco. It's like the only place I can be an astrologer. I'll be a professional lesbian. It'll be great. (laughs) And uh, I literally packed a suitcase and moved here in 1994 to do just that. And, And here I am. Oh a lot of God. years later. Yeah. How courageous. Awesome. I love that story. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And then the psychic stuff. I'm an animal communicator and a psychic and a medium. And I am also a tarot reader. And all of those things kind of developed over the years through my private practice 
as a consulting astrologer. Wait, did you say tarot wow. reader or Torah reader? I said tarot reader. <laughs> um, it's one of those, like, is she middle-aged, is she not kind of questions. Like, there's lots of interpretations is what I'm trying to say. But as evidence... I have tarot cards with me. Like, this is my recording booth, but, like, I have everywhere I go. There's there's a deck. So, yeah, I'm a tarot or tarot reader, as you wish. Okay. Well, last We're night, Jews, too. That's I, why my mother's interpretation is yeah. Torah. I mean, I respect that. If you're members <laughs> of the tribe. Yes. Yes, indeed. So, last night, a friend of mine came over, and she had never gotten high with a bong before. So we decided to pull out the bong, get high, and read our own. I didn't own. even know you had a bong. I, I haven't used it in like five years. Anyway, we got really into it. She's reading out our tarot cards, or however you just pronounced it. And I think they were <laughs> right spot on. So I'm curious as to how this conversation is going to go. That's exciting. And what deck are you using? A pretty one? I don't know. They're all pretty. <laughs> so the back of the cards, are they all plaid? Okay, it's it's an iteration of the Rider Waite deck. Okay, yeah. I knew if you tell that. me what the cards are, I can tell you everything you need to know, slash some of what you need to know, depending on what you need to know. <laughs> oh, well, I'm very curious as to what you can interpret from this deck or any any other decks that you have. Yours are much more well well worn. I mean, I don't want to brag, but I've given a lot of short readings. Yeah. How many? Have you, how many have you given? Just roughly. You know. I have the majority of the birth charts in my astrology program, you know, because of course I have a, a pro tool. I've got over 5,000 charts. Woo! Most of those charts, like the vast majority of them, are people I've consulted for. Some of them are, you know, famous people or their events, mm -hmm. um, but the vast majority are our clients. So I've met with thousands of people over the course of the last, you know, many years. I went full time uh, in late 1999. And, um, but I started my consultation practice in 94, like late 94. And so when people are seeing you, do they come with specific questions in mind or they just want a general idea of where their life is heading? That's a good question. Some people come with like a scroll of questions. They have so <laughs> many questions yeah. and some people just come and they're like, what? I don't know. But, you know, meeting with me, you generally have to, I mean, it's very hard to get an appointment with me. So to come to see me without any questions, to me, is not super strategic. Um, and I, my readings tend to be very intense and uh, to the point. And so when people have historically come in, they're like, oh, I'm doing this for fun. I just want to see what happens. I feel bad for them because the work I do is not just for fun. It's meant to be an important kind of uh, engagement with the self or with your life and your choices and the consequences of, you know, your choices. And so pumped. But, oh, good. OK, good. I, I'm a big believer in free will. And I think we can use our free will within our predestiny, within our circumstances. And we can't use our free will to like be something we're not or be it in time we're not living in, you know, um, but we always have free will. And so I like to really focus on that. I'm not a fortune teller. Um, I'm, I'm just more of a, kind of like a, a counselor, but I use astrology and all these other tools as my, my modality. I'm not like a therapist, but I, I am a counselor. Yeah. So just for some of our listeners uh, who are not as familiar with astrology, I, I'm curious, what's going on here? Are you just picking up on patterns that people tend to go to experience at certain times given the stars and when people are born? Or is there something 
what's your interpretation of it? It's way more specific than that. Yeah. So what most people know about astrology is like, I'm a Scorpio, you know, um, I've got my Venus in X. And Mm -hmm. so when somebody says like, I'm a Scorpio, what they're saying is when I was born, the sun was in the zodiac sign of Scorpio. But um, as an astrologer, the kind of, I'm a humanistic astrologer. There's lots of different kinds of astrologers. I'm also a medical astrologer. So as an astrologer, I'm looking at all of the planets and where they fall both in zodiac sign and in placement. So when somebody, and tell me if I'm getting too technical, but I'll give it to you and then you can rein me in. So basically the reason why astrologers ask for your exact time of birth and your location of birth is so that we know which zodiac sign was rising in the Eastern hemisphere at the moment and location, the latitude and longitude of your birth. And that sets the wheel. And that's what gives us your rising sign and your midheaven. And it shows us where all the planets fall in your birth chart. Then within that, there is something called aspects. And aspects is the geometry or the geometrical relationship between the planets in your birth chart. And all of these things describe things as nuanced as what kind of pen you prefer to write with. Now, I know this is dated. People don't use pens anymore, but it's something I train myself (laughs) in. Um, It it can show us how fast or slow your hair grows. It can show us um, your digestive system, what was going on in your parents' life before you were born. It can show you your grandparents. It can show you the legacy of class and immigration issues in your family line. It also shows you how you like to fuck, who you like to date, and the mistakes you're likely to make along the way. Um, There's so many nuanced levels. However, it does require meeting with like a skilled astrologer and not putting it just into a program Mm -hmm. because as astrology has become so popular, unfortunately, what's also become popular is this AI generated astrology and astrology is an interpretive thing. And so it's not enough to build a sailboat. You have to have a sailor and you have to have Mm. enough wind. And, you know, similarly with most things, I think we need, you know, an expert practitioner to use the tool. We don't just need a good tool, you know? Hmm. Um, so I don't know if I, if I answered that sufficiently, but that's what you, oh, yeah, you, that you more totally than sufficiently. Did. Okay. Before we get into any like further, I just want to know something else. Cause it, it, it seems like you're a medium in general because you can do, you can do tarot, yeah. you can tarot or whatever. And also you, <laughs> I know you speak to, do you speak to dead people? Yes, I do. Yeah. Because I, I don't know how much you read or heard about Cam and our, my situation that, your husband, your dad passed suddenly. He was, yeah. yeah, he was murdered. I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. This was in 2006. Yeah. Oh, it was really recently. 2006. I mean, to me, that sounds recent for a death <laughs> like that. I mean, I just, so, you know, my perspective around death because of the work I do is, yes, I talk to dead people, but the reason why I talk to dead people is because I'm consulting with bereaved people. And so oh, okay. my perspective around bereavement is 20 years, a loss like that in a sudden way like that is, is a, it's not a lot of time. And I, I get that it is a lot of time and it's not a lot of time. It's both. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't know if Cam does it. I'm not going to speak for the rest of the kids, but I think of it as like pre-death and post-death, like a chapter, like literally half of my book was written pre-death. So I was like 48 and then post-death. Mm. Is that how you feel as well, Cam? I think so. Yeah, kind of. It's it's more. It, that was definitely a tur- huge turning point for me, and everything afterwards has been as a result of that mm-hmm. experience as well. How old were you? I was seventeen. So you were little. What a pivotal age. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that something you would want me to try to do in this time? I'd be interested. I'm curious. Like, so it seems like we have a few different forks that we can be going down right now. We can, we can talk about our birth charts if you're interested in that and open to that, or we can start channeling dead people into the the space. Mm -hmm. Uh, What would you recommend for this? That's a great question. To be totally frank, Karen Lee, I think, first of all, you have more people than just your husband in spirit that would be good for you to connect with. And also I feel like it would probably good for you to have that experience separate from each other because that's what I'm being shown is that it would be great for you. Not like you shouldn't be in the room, but that you deserve your own unique experiences. So maybe that's something we can do separately or at another time. For sure. Because it is, it's very intimate or at least it can be. So that's my instinct is, um, maybe we should focus on astrology and we can come back to that or do that at a, at a separate time. Sounds um, perfect. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. okay. That sounds good. And, you know, I will say just on the topic of mediumship from my experience, and I cannot know anything because I, I've never been dead. And, I'm, you know, people who've been dead and are still alive are alive. They're not dead. <laughs> so, you know, I, no one knows. But from my experience as a medium, what I have really learned is that when the body dies, we do not die. And in fact, we come into a greater state of wholeness because so much of the human condition is about separation. And when we die, we can choose to stay kind of close to those we've left behind and close to this earthly plane. And we can choose to evolve past that. And that it's important to understand that in death, there is no time and there is no location time and location are things that we understand as humans. But if you think about a cat or a dog or a ladybug or a turtle, we all have really different understandings of location and of time. And when we lose the body, that understanding completely shifts the game. And so when we've lost someone, whether it was yesterday or 50 years ago, they can still be there for us. And it's not like they've been waiting around a long time. It's not about time when you no longer have a body. And and I feel like that's a really important thing for bereaved people to know. It's super comforting. I'm, I'm glad it is. You know, for me, it is comforting as well. I've said that to some people and they've not been comforted by it. Oh. But that's the thing about death. Grief. I mean, grief is so lonely. It, it shoves you into the ways in which you are truly alone in your emotion. And um, it's it's really frightening for most people. And I mean, I'm very lucky as a medium. I'm not scared of death. I'm scared of suffering. I don't want to suffer in my body as I die, but I'm not scared of what comes next because it's really easy. I mean, being in a person is hard, but not being in this body, it's so much easier from what I can see and understand. Um, So even when people in spirit are still struggling, because often they are, it's not like struggling here. It's, it's not the mm-hmm. same. And the conditions of the body that we have here, whether it's mental illness or physical illness, they die with the body. Now, if you're an asshole when you're alive, you'll be a, de- a dead asshole. You know, <laughs> it, you know that's real. Um, and, and there's still evolution and change and growth, whether in body or out of body. But um, conditions of the body pass with the body, which is also really cool for people who have died from terrible illnesses or, you know, addiction and stuff like that. You know, that, that shit goes it like ends with this life. Which but is you cool. believe that you mm. come back maybe in another physical form again some other time in the future or, and that you have in the past. So, okay. Good question slash yes, except not 
past or future because time is not really a thing. Mm. So time is a thing for us. I mean, listen, I'm a Capricorn and I showed up four minutes late to our meeting and I was like, I'm so sorry I'm late. To me, four minutes is an abhorrent amount of time late. I like early always. So I say to you as me, Jessica, I'm obsessed with time. I'm obsessed with time. I'm an astrologer. I track the time of everything. Uh, That said, when we are in spirit and when we're dealing with spiritual contents, time is it's a construct that doesn't really mean anything. This idea of reincarnation is not exactly like I'm I'm not I don't know enough about reincarnation the way that people talk about it. But the soul, yes, from what I understand, evolves and incarnates throughout space and within space is time. But it's not linear necessarily. And this is where, you know, I have some clients who are um, quantum physicists and they in some ways are the easiest people for me to work with because they've already kind of come to this acceptance about the kind of the spatial stuff that I work with. And also they're just very open in that way while also being critical thinkers. And that's like my sweet spot. Somebody who's like open to what we don't understand and the understanding that time and space are, they're very different things, but they kind of fold into each other when you're no longer in a body. The body it, is. That's so interesting because I, the reason I feel more comfortable, I was always like so fearful of death. I mean, I'd go to sleep and I'm like, I'd wake up and I ask my husband, wake up, wake up. What happens when you die? And he's like, I don't know, go back to fucking sleep. You die. When you're dead, you're dead. That's, you know, he was very black and white. And since he died, I feel like, well, if he's okay, it's all okay. It's all, it's all okay. So it, it mm-hmm. in fact, made me very comforted to live my life now without fear of death. That's huge. Most people, I don't think it's super common for people to evolve from a fear of death and away from it because people who have a big fear of death often are unwilling to really confront it, you know, um, but there really isn't anything to fear with death. I mean, listen, I'm scared of my own shadow. So I'm not really one to tell people what not to fear. But once you're dead, there's nothing to fear. And in my experience, because there's no location, there's no heaven and there's no hell. Sorry. Uh, and, you know, if you believe there's heaven and hell, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, obviously, you guys are Jewish, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've I've talked to some people who are pretty like, fuck, that's not fuck. OK, fine. Fuck. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. So with regard to astrology, you said people come with specific questions. You can see all these different aspects of this person's life. What is the aspect that you find most uh, beneficial for people to hear about? Mm. Good question. He's thinking about himself right now. Sure. (laughs) Sure. This is exactly what my answer was going to be. It's like most people ask the wrong questions. Let's start with that. Most people ask the wrong questions. And part of why I say that I am a counselor is because I don't just answer people's questions. I help them to understand why they're asking the question and help them to get a better question. Um, so so that's one thing. The other thing is it depends. Uh, you know, 20-year-old you should ask a different question than 30-year-old you than 50-year-old you. Right. Mm-hmm. Obvi. Uh, just fell in love questions are different than, you know, just broke up mm-hmm. questions. So that kind of vague answer aside, the best questions to ask are about how you can take better responsibility in your own life, how you can leverage your agency, whether or not what you're doing 
is in alignment with your goals or your integrity or your best interest. Any question that, I mean, very rarely do people word it that way, but any questions that uh, kind of are in that family are the best questions because they answer so many more questions than the thing that you're talking about. Mm. And Part of what I do in my consultations is, and to be fair, I should just say, I'm not taking new clients right now. So, I mean, we talked about doing stuff separate. That's separate. But just for anyone else listening, sorry, not taking new clients right now. Oh, wow. um, sorry, sneaky freaks. So sorry, sneaky freaks. So sorry. I was booking a year in advance and it was great for my ego and bad for everything else. It was super annoying for everyone. And I saw, of course, I saw COVID coming and I decided in early 2019 to stop booking for 2020 because it's such a bummer telling everyone in 2019, mm, maybe don't open your storefront, mm, maybe wait on all these things. <laughs> I just felt bad to say that to everyone. Um, and people didn't want to hear it. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm taking a pause from, I was doing, I had a full-time private practice, um, but I, I paused from that because during a pandemic, it's a lot of negative answers and I'm cool with giving negative answers, but it was a lot of negative answers. Um, also, um, when I was doing this tarot yesterday, we decided to put like three questions out there. One was relationships, career, and spiritual growth. And the cards decided to show us otherwise. They decided to talk among, uh, you know, way more in terms of, you know, I don't know. It's just, it was interesting because they did not get specific down to relationships, but they all kind of, the three cards all worked together and, and myself. And, Do you remember what they were? Oh, geez. I don't. I, I re, I'd be lying if I did. Okay. But they all worked okay, together. Okay, well, we, let's save the lying for another yeah, day. Yeah. Um, that's I'm, fine. That's I'm a fine. Libra. Um, you're you're not a Libra. Are you a Libra? <laughs> no, I just read somewhere that like, Libras tend to lie, white lies. So I just call myself a Libra. But I'm I not mean, a Libra. I'm I would honest. frame it that Libras like to be diplomatic, and that sometimes when you're being when you're prioritizing being accommodating to other people, you're inauthentic. That's really what it is. And this is again like this is where me as an astrologer get so annoyed by like quick takes on astrology because saying something like Libra's lie, it's it might be true for a lot of people, but you can say that about literally every sign. Everybody That's fucking true. lies. The real thing is why do the different signs lie? That's what's interesting mm -hmm. to me. And Libras, if they are disingenuous, it's because they're trying to save other people's feelings or trying to make other people like them. And that's a really different frame than Libra, right? You know, and I'm just, I can't help it. I'm like just so serious about astrology that I, I like to get at that stuff. I hear you. Thanks. Thank you very much. So can we, can we ask maybe one personal question from each of us? <laughs> Fuck okay. yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Here we go. Mom, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? I think you want, you deserve to go first. Okay. I'll go first. He hasn't been feeling um, well. He's, he deserves to get some personal attention. <laughs> Thank you, Mood. I'm curious about two things. Uh, one question related to career and one question related to relationships. Okay. So I guess that's two questions. Um, the first one is I'm obviously spending a lot of time on career. As I just told you, I'm having the palpitations. <laughs> and I would like to know, is this the right path? Should I keep going with this and in this way at this, at this speed? Here's the answer. You and speed... It's a complicated uh, relationship. It looks like you are really good at going long and going hard. Like you really, you tend to work incredibly hard and you're not great with the boundaries thing. Oh. You just kind of work until you collapse or you work until something stops you, eh? Mm -hmm. And correct. so this, it, you're going through a period right now where you have 
great opportunity for power and success and expansion of your career. Mm -hmm. But if I was to say to you, yeah, keep on going at this speed, then I would be slightly inhumane because (laughs) success is only success if you can feel it. I know Mm. you live in L.A. and so a lot of people will disagree with me, but I know I'm right, is that I, you know, I've worked with so many successful people. I know many successful people in a conventional sense. And are they happier than people who have less? No, no fucking Mm. way they're not. So you know that some of the ways in which you're working aren't sustainable and they're not really serving you, but they're effective. Mm. And so the question is, if you believe in what you're doing and if you want to build it for your future, can you use this moment to develop new habits so that if you are as successful as it seems like you could be, that you could actually enjoy your fucking success, that you could actually, yeah, that you could thrive and be abundant mm-hmm. and not just have more. Does that make mm-hmm. sense as an answer? Yeah. So did okay, you cool. get this off of the, just his chart or, or, yes. or a genuine feeling? 100% off his birth chart. Wow. Yeah. 100% the birth chart. Um, I can drop a couple details. I just assume you guys won't know what I'm saying, but w- watch me go. So you've got this Mars-Jupiter conjunction uh, in the anoretic degrees of Taurus in the first house. And this is why you've always been like, people like you, you get along, opportunities kind of fall into your lap. Um, you're kind of resilient. And I said kind of because you have mitigating factors in your chart. But this part of you is very <laughs> resilient. And you get so much positive reinforcement for going long going hard, for being resilient, for being a kind of like easygoing, but strong, like, you know, very present guy, that it's easy for you to overdevelop that part of yourself because it gets such great results and people like it and underdevelop how you feel and what you need. And those are things that you you do have a tendency to underdevelop. I know we're going to talk about love. I was just giving you a little spoiler. Um, and for you to have a balanced life in the way that you actually want, where you have, you know, friends and you have love and you have time to be alone because you need time alone. Um, for you to have all those things will require figuring out how to pace yourself more efficiently mm-hmm. as an adult, Because pacing yourself efficiently in your, you know, 20s is a different thing than in your 30s. And it's a different thing on and on every decade. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyways, that's that's the quick. And also your your midheaven is at 25 degrees of cap and Pluto's conjunct your midheaven. So your career is kind of exploding right now. And which career is this? Is this (laughs) he's got a couple different things going on, but they're all interconnected. No. Yes. Yeah. So when I look at when I look at Kim's chart, what I see is that on the one hand, um, it does look like you have the tendency to have like your job. You're like you have a career that's like a job that is like the thing that you put at the top of the pile. But everything Mm -hmm. you do is interconnected because you're just that kind of guy. And also um, that might not be the thing you like the most. And Mm. I am a fucking hippie. So I think you should love what you do if you do it over and over again, you know, Mm. and that's Mm -hmm. not always possible. But for you, it is. For you, hmm. it your chart says very clearly, if you're willing, if you're willing to be true to yourself in a way that doesn't always make sense to other people, if you're willing to make adjustments kind of frequently, even when you'd rather just like set it and forget it, if you're willing to do those things, um, yeah, I mean, you can you can pretty much have what you want. The trouble is you do get stopped up with your personal life. And it influences your goals a little bit. Um, But you're really young. And I imagine that you're 
I mean, from what I'm seeing, you're doing great. I'm not worried for you. Who's worried? Is someone worried for you? I mean, we're worried that you're sick right now, <laughs> but like we're not worried for you. Um, you're doing well. Does that make sense to both of you? I appreciate that. I 100%. think my mother would lo- loves that. Okay. <laughs> I, here's why she loves it. Because I have this career, which is this podcast network that I run. Oh, you run that, a podcast network. Yeah. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have this show with mom. It's called Sex Talk with my mom that you're currently on. Yes, and we're hoping to make it into a TV show. And she recognizes that my time is limited between all of these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously she wants the one involving her. Well, you kind of said it without saying pop it. Pop off. <laughs> the other thing is, you know, listen, you're really good at asking for help and you're also really bad at asking for help, Cam. Like mm. you're both. Um, and I think there's just certain things that you prefer to do by yourself because you just want them to be done right. And you're, you know, you're a Pisces and you prefer to be like easygoing and nice with people, but you're actually like really rigid and there's a way that things need to be done um, <laughs> around certain things. 100%. So then those are the things you don't like to ask for help with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you're dealing with that very much yeah. to your own detriment. And I, and I mean it, like it is something to work on because mm. there's no such thing as perfection. And every failure is an opportunity to learn. And there's a way, okay, and pardon me because I'm, I'm doing a damn thing here, but there's a way that you manage your mental health by being perfectionistic. And mm. when things go sideways on you, you take it real fucking hard. Um, luckily, mm. they don't go sideways on you a ton, but when they do, it can be really hard on you uh, psychologically and emotionally. And so, Part of your perfectionism is kind of like keeping unpleasantness at bay. Mm. And so from my perspective, looking at your birth chart, developing greater emotional intelligence and more um, uh, kind of accessible and appropriate emotional tools for yourself right now as you are and as you grow, the easier it will be to manage work-life balance and manage perfectionism because the problem isn't really around how you work. It's more about your motivation for why you work yourself so hard. Hmm. I'm giving you excellent advice. I don't mean to brag. I know it doesn't totally make sense, it but does. think about it and work with it. I, I plan to re-listen to this and, and soak it in. Good. That's the goal. I, I make everyone that I work with um, record our sessions and I recommend that they take notes and people countless times have told me that they listen to the recording again and then it's like they get a new reading every time they do Mm -hmm. because they're hearing different levels of it um again those who say i just think it'll be fun i feel so bad for them because it's not totally fun so you wanted to ask me about love yes okay tell me what's the question so i guess the question this might tie into your comments about mitigating factors for the listeners who've been listening to the show for six years, I think it's quite evident that it's it's very challenging for me to find uh, a long-term relationship or even short-term relationships, honestly. Mm. I partially know why that is, but I'm curious to know why you think it is and also if it should be, if I should try to change that in any way. Do you want to be in a long-term relationship? If I found the right person. That's not an answer. <laughs> no, it, it, I'd be open to that. Eventually, I do want to be in a long-term relationship Okay, and have a family. Oh, so you want human children? Human children, ideally. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, you know, people have dogs. People have yeah, cats. Yeah. They're very happy with birds. Um, okay. So you're saying 
in a very Piscean, non-direct way, (laughs) that you want to be in a partnership that leads to children, a.k.a. a marriage, but not now. Correct? Right. Yeah. Okay. And that's your answer. The reason why you're not getting into relationships. Okay. Okay. Watch me get real. Okay. You don't like hurting people's feelings. You don't Mm -hmm. like saying no to people. And you're straight, right? You date girls, women, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. ideally women. Um, So what do women want? Generally speaking, commitment, right? They want to know it's moving towards a thing. You're ambiguous. Your son is in Pisces. It's in the 12th house. You have an interest at moon in Aries. Ambiguity is your middle name when it comes to relationship stuff. Not much else. You're not ambiguous around career. Not at all. Um, But when it comes to intimacy, you are ambiguous. And so you do this thing where you start dating women and they're like, oh, my God, he's so serious. He's so sweet. This is going somewhere. And you're like, eh, I don't know, maybe. And then you bounce, but you feel bad. A lot of dudes bounce and they feel fine. You bounce and you feel bad. And so instead of putting yourself in that position, you just get really picky or you only go for unavailable people. And that is called a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so here we go. Learning how to have boundaries with people is really important. And part of having boundaries with people is not giving them everything in the first three dates. You do this because in part, you've got Venus and Pisces, you're romantic, you're a little bit devotional and you're like love language or whatever. Um, You're you like being perceived as a sweet person. Unfortunately, What this translates to in heterosexual union uh, is, oh, my God, he's so sweet. He's a podcast with his mother. Let's do this. And then you're like, oh, my God, no, wait, no, wait, no, what, wait. And so, again, low self-esteem makes you feel like shit. And we're back to what are your coping mechanisms for feeling like shit? You work. You become Mm. busy. So now we have a cycle. And unfortunately, in the context of capitalism and being an ambitious person, it's a very uh, kind of high functioning coping mechanism. And it's so high functioning. You could do what a lot of dudes do. You could wake up one day, you're 45 and you're like, oh, fuck, I guess I really actually have to fix this. And then what do you do? Well, you have a lot of options, but all of them involve you, if you have kids, being a much older father, which isn't bad, but I can see in your chart, it's not what you want. And I can Mm. see in your chart, sorry, mom, if this is a sorry mom thing, that you are ambiguous about kids. You said you wanted kids in such a clear way. I imagine you've been saying that your whole life. I don't believe you. I believe that you maybe want kids. But I do see how seriously you take parenting and how seriously you take intimacy and how you haven't figured out how to navigate your own independent needs yet. And so it scares you because having kids means your heart is walking around in other people's bodies, right? Like it's just, it's not something to be cavalier about. How can you work the way you work as a dad? A lot of guys could. A lot of women could. I don't know that you could. No, he could. You care really intensely. And I think that all of these things put together, and you're how old now? I know I'm looking at your birth year, but just tell me. 32. Thank you. Okay. So you're right at the verge of your Christ year. Okay. Um. Okay, yeah. Um, So this is all good. You're the right age for us to be having this conversation because next year, your 33rd year will be a time where you really do need to you will be confronted with with your choices here. And Mm. it's not choices around women attracting 
partners is not your problem, honey. Like you have problems. That's not your problem. <laughs> the problem <laughs> is more around what you're willing to do and whether mm. or not it works for you. And I will give you a little bit more here, which is to say that um, even though you're really ambiguous and you like to pull back, you got abandonment issues. And so mm. you don't like women who are super like aloof and cavalier. You like women who are like attentive. And this can, again, become a problem for you. And does this all make sense to, to the two of you? I mean, it's rare that I get to say two of you, but. I know. I don't know if the last part made sense to me. The the women date or the abandonment issues? The abandonment. I think he, he's the one that maybe he rejects first to avoid the rush. He abandons them so he doesn't get hurt. I, I, I would agree with that. Which yeah, one? I mean, up up until uh, up until that statement, you have given me the best interpretation. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I don't think I've ever had a reading that was that accurate. Thank you ever. very much. Thank you very much. So let's dig just just one moment, because I can be wrong about one thing, right about one thing. And this is life. But let me ask you about this. So you don't have abandonment issues. Has anyone ever broken up with you? Mm. No. Hmm. Maybe, maybe 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 one in, person. In seventh grade, but it was maybe. a mutual thing. Okay, so they broke up with you, but it was mutual, huh? Right. It's very Piscean answer again. Very Piscean answer. Okay, so uh, I actually so, do a okay, podcast okay. with him. <laughs> <laughs> so here, 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 let me say something. So there's something as an astrologer that I'm always looking out for, which is what I call the projected form of the birth chart. So. When I look at your birth chart, it says, oh, look, he's got abandonment issues. The idea of being broken up with or worse, somebody just fucking bouncing, somebody just leaving is very painful. So how do you work around it? You just only uh, engage with people who you're quite certain are not going to do that, even though ironically that doesn't mm. work for you because those people end up being a little bit needier and a little bit too like there um, for you. And so you end up leaving because that doesn't work either. The key for you, and I cannot say this emphatically enough, is boundaries. It's having healthy boundaries with yourself so that you can then have them with women. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. the truth is the woman who's going to be like the right person for you has her own fucking thing going on. Exactly. And also yeah. she is tender and supportive and like really emo. And also third, very important part, and I'm sure your mom is going to agree with me, we'll call you on your shit because it looks like people don't always do that because you're so nice. But in intimate mm. relationships is where, and again, you haven't had many yet, it sounds like. So maybe it's like TVD here, but in intimate relationships, the parts of you that are not as nice is where it comes out. You, some When you're done, when you don't want to have a conversation, you're done. When you're shut down and you just need to be alone, you're done. And not super flexible there. And in a mm -hmm. marriage, in an intimate long-term relationship, that shit is either going to not fly or you need the right person who's like, okay, he's off for now. Or, hey, I'm over here, honey. You don't get to just check out until we finish our conversation. And they say it in a way that actually works with you. Mm. And this is something that is difficult. It's just difficult, but it's absolutely doable. You know, finding the right person is a risk because if you seek the right person, uh, you might find the wrong person. Hmm. Do you see in my chart that I'm going to end up with one person? Are you asking me about marriage? Or are you asking me about polyamory? Oh, no, uh, more about marriage. Okay. Yeah, finding one is no need. Yeah, 
Okay. 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 I mean, you know, I just like to be real specific here. Um, truth talk. If you want to be partnered, you, you can be. It is in your best interest to be partnered. And mm. do I see that it will happen? I can't say that. You are very strong-willed. You are very mm. strong-willed. And I think that you, let me put it this way. I can walk around the world being like, I want to lose five pounds. I want to lose five pounds. I tell all my friends, I want to lose five pounds. I think about it all the time. I want to lose five pounds. And then, hey, can I have a bite of your muffin? I just bought a chocolate bar. I'm eating all of the coffees with all of the creamer and the whipped cream. So mm. there's a difference between desire and choice. Mm. And you have not made the choice or hmm. any of the many choices one needs to make to have a partner. Now, you can make that choice later today. You can make that choice tomorrow. But you have not currently made that choice. And mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. that this is where we come back to free will. And I see that even though you could absolutely be partnered, married, happily, um, with or without kids, why? Um, even though you could absolutely, it, it is, I think, something that would make you very happy, you could absolutely not end up doing it. Hmm. Um, and that would be a passive choice that you make with great effort as uh, you've been doing, as I would describe it. I appreciate that. You're welcome, Slash Thank you're you. welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I mean, it's fascinating. Thank you very Thank much. you for Thank sharing you. that. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love reading charts. Like, I love it. Good. If I could marry I'll, it, I would. I'm I mean, I have. We're, we're going to run out of time for me. <laughs> we can't. We can't. We're not running out of time. Let's do you now. Let's do you now, Yay. Mom. Mother. Yes. It's Scorpio season. It sure is. You know what happens in Scorpio season. People get their fucking freak on. That's exactly right. It's the most passionate sexual sign in the Zodiac. And you know how I'd recommend people to get their freak on? By Dipsy Stories? That's absolutely right. Dipsy Stories is an app full of sexy audio stories, and now they even have brand new written stories. So no matter what you're into or what turns you on, Dipsy helps bring those stories to life anytime and anywhere. So close your eyes and let yourself get lost in a world where only good things happen and pleasure is your only priority. Explore your fantasies in a safe, shame-free way. There are hundreds of stories to choose from, and they release new content every week, so there's always more to explore. For instance, for Scorpio season, this is the description that they've created of this 18-minute audio clip. The woman laces her fingers through Anaya's as they squeeze through the crowded bar together. Anaya knows her boyfriend Sai is watching, and she likes the feeling. It's a her-and-her, in-public, explorative, and open relationship story. They also have wellness sessions to help you wind down and explore, and sleep sessions to help you drift off. It's time to take care of yourself by doing something, a little self-love with Dipsy. For listeners of Sex Talk with My Mom, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash mom. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash mom. dipsystories.com slash mom. Mood, what is worse than a bad hair day? A bad sex day? Nope, that is not a thing, mother. A bad hair day is the worst, and we have the solution for you. It's called Pros, the world's most personalized hair care. 
Now, Pros knows there's more to you than just your hair type. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how we both got started. That's absolutely right. We went to pros.com slash sneaky, and they asked us a, a, a few minutes worth of questions for all aspects about our hair. They asked us, like, where would you put your hair on the oily slash dry spectrum? And then I would respond, on the extremely oily side, it looks like I dumped a vat of olive oil on my head <laughs> this morning. Well, they also ask things that are more normal, like zip code, eating habits, damage level, exercise, things like that that you don't think would affect your hair, but it does. Pros makes your hair shinier, smoother, softer, stronger. They know that your exact hair is unique to you. It's You can't just walk into a store and get think a one-size-fits-all solution is the answer. And if you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've had, they will take the products back, no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash sneaky. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash sneaky for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. What do you want to know? I would like to find out about my relationship with Cam as a partner, my business, my business, where it's going in terms of, like you said, um, we're trying to do an animated TV show and my current relationship with my Animated boyfriend. TV show. Yes. No one said that. That's cool. Okay. And the current relationship that I've had for 13 and a half years who I live with, my boyfriend. So okay. I don't know how you can so, zero in Oh, on honey, I can go. Watch me go. <laughs> Watch me go. Um, okay. Let's start with career because it's the simplest, uh, straightforward answer that I see. Um, so while Cam's Midheaven, which is the career point, um, is activated right now, yours gets activated next year, early next year, and for two years. And so if you're trying to create a deal that will, um, you know, be a TV show, the astrology is fucking excellent for that, you know? Um, That's now, what my tarot card said. Great. It, it looks excellent. It the only mitigating factor that I would say Oh, look at, well, that's not excellent. That's like, a, we'll see what happens, uh, but we'll get there. Um, the only mitigating factor I'll say is that the Pluto return of the United States is this massive transit that's happening, which can be very tumultuous. Um, and, you know, what I think can happen is that, you know, deals, entertainment deals um, can go in radically different ways when major social unrest occurs. Um, so that would be the only like thing that I could see stopping it. That's how strong it is. Mm. So your career shit looks like check it off the fucking thing. It's like great. And you love doing it. I, like I it brings you joy. Do. Oh yeah. It looks like a hobby. Like it's like not like it looks like a hobby in a negative way. It's just like you would do this in any context. Like this is just fun for you. Absolutely. Um, so so that one we're knocking off the list. Now the other two questions were about your partnership and are do you live together? My, yes. And are you guys monogamous? Yes. Okay. Um, hold on. Let me just peep around. And what do you want to know about this relationship? Well, 13 and a half years and it's been, I just curious as to the future of the relationship. If you see it progressing in a positive way or is it going to be a rocky road or is it going downhill? Mm. So are you really asking, do you really want me to look at this? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to um, do it psychically. Watch a bitch go. So I want to make sure I'm seeing him correctly. Um, 
He's like both really easygoing and really rigid. Yes. Okay. Um, kind of a big guy. Yes. Okay. Got him. Um, you fight a lot. Um, yes. In some ways, it, I think it works for you to fight a lot. And I don't, <laughs> you know, I sometimes I look at conflict and I'm like, okay, you're fighting about something substantive and this is unhealthy. And sometimes I look at conflict and I'm just like, it's like schwitzing. It's just what you do. It's maybe a little unpleasant, but it is what it is. And I think there are moments and and maybe even months where you're like, this is bullshit. This is too much fighting or fighting about things that are actually not okay. And the rest of the time, you're like, this is what we do. And this actually works for me. Like it's it's working and it's not conventional. I think the key is whether or not you fight fair and whether or not when things are substantive, you can like slow the conversation down and actually fucking have a conversation instead of just being kind of jerks to each other, which again, kind of works for the two of you. Does that make sense? Spot fucking on. Yeah. What do you think, Cam? Yeah. Yeah, that's a very accurate interpretation. Thank you very much. So literally like it it was beyond. Thank you very much. Luckily. Tears because it was so perfect. Good. Thank you. And also the sex is good. Sex is great. And I can say that in front of my son. He's a Gemini. Well, uh, I have one of those two at home. Uh, Big fan. (laughs) And also I'll say you did not have that dynamic with your husband, eh? The fighting? Oh, no. Bickering. You, oh, you did? You did have the same kind of dynamic? Bickering. More, okay. More, more, yeah. But uh, di- uh, different, different types. But uh, It no, feels no, very different to me. No physical fighting, obviously. I would not be in that yeah. relationship. But. It's the fighting. So in your birth chart, you okay. have Mars as the focal planet of your T-square. And what this means, very broadly speaking, you know, I won't get all the details of the world, but what this means is that it took you a long time when you were younger to give yourself permission to like have your anger in a healthy way. And for you, having intimate relationships where you can be fucking annoyed with people because people are annoying, yes. uh, it's actually good for you as long as you know the limits. And inevitably, you cross the line sometimes. And I'm sure he crosses the line sometimes. And, you know, the problem with that is only if you're not willing to be humble and be like, I crossed the fucking line. That was that wasn't fair. And we have rules of conduct. I'm allowed to insult your hairline and I'm not allowed to insult your shoe size. And that's the rules. So I'm sorry I crossed the line. Like as long as you can have those uh, kind of agreements, it's fine for you. And, you know, there's a way that for you, living your life in a way that works for you, fuck convention it's one of the things you've come here to figure out. It's one of the things you've come here to, to really give yourself. And this is really unconventional. You well, know? he's 15 um, years younger than me. Start with that. Oh, and he's 15 years younger. It, that doesn't look like an issue. Nope. Is it an issue? Nope. No, it doesn't look like an issue at all. It doesn't look like it's an issue for him or for you. Mm-hmm. The Does he have health problems? Not yet. <laughs> one of the things we fight about is what he eats. Yeah. He's just, is there heart disease in his family? His dad had a heart attack at 62. That's a yes then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I do see that his, um, I mean, you're healthier than him. Um, he does need to take better care of his, um, of his cardiovascular system and he has to take better care of his body in general. And you are not 
in a place in your life where you want to manage that anymore. And that doesn't mean that you don't talk about it all the fucking time. You got Mercury and Venus in Virgo. So you probably are like, you should eat this. You should do that to everyone that you care about. Um, but you actually don't want to mother him. You've done that in your life and you're done with that. And so done. it's a little bit of a mixed message that you give him. Um, it's like you expect him to do it on his own, but you also kind of micromanage it. And I think having a real, so if I could give you good, if, in my view, advice, having a conversation with him where you say to him, listen, I understand that I try to micromanage and I don't do it always because I love you. I do it because it's my habit and I do it because I love you. And I do it because I'm scared you won't take care of yourself if I don't remind you. And how and I want you to know the reason why I do it is because I love you and I don't want to watch you suffer and I don't want to lose you and I love you. And so if I if, if if you can like hear that, what can what can you say to me? Like, just ask him, like, what can you say to me? This thing I'm suggesting is something that I call it's like a relationship theory that I have and that I use with my clients all the time. I call it blowjobs and pizza. When we <laughs> welcome to it. my mind, I welcome to it. my mind. I'm there. Thank you. I, I had a feeling you'd be ready to go. So the blowjobs and pizza theory is when we're in a partnership and the only time we talk about difficult things is when we're having a fight or when you're like riled up about a thing. Your partner is responding to your energy and your tone and not your words. So if instead blowjobs for everyone, you order a pizza or whatever is delicious and fun and not too serious and you remember that you're a team. And then as a teammate, you say to your teammate, hey, teammate, I, I know I don't always pass the ball the way I should. Uh, I know you don't. And I want us to be a better team. Let's talk about this difficult thing. Everyone's more open. The conversation goes better. And if you do it as a manipulation tactic, it doesn't work. It only works when you remember he is your fucking teammate. And the reason why you get on him is only because, A, it's fun. And B, you're, you're scared. You care about him and you're scared. And so this this strategy, it really works when used and it'll work with him. It would also work on you if he was listening. Uh, so, you know, for whatever that's worth. Um, but overall, the relationship looks good. I, you know, I look at your chart and I see that you really you could you could stay or go kind of in general, like you're a person who who's just like you change you really change in life. Um, and so, you know, the question that you've asked me, I'm not sure if you're like, will we be together forever? I would hate to answer that question for you because I don't want you to feel strangled. Like, I don't want you to feel stuck. I didn't ask just keep question. on choosing him until you don't choose him. Yeah. That's that how we've sense? taken it like day by day. And I'm like, well, it works for me today. Didn't work for that's me. That's the way to do it. Now, but work for me today. I think that's the way to do it. You know, in my, I'm in a 10 year long relationship myself and we're forever fianced. Um, I don't want to get married. It makes me want to poke my eyes out. Mm -hmm. Would hate to be married, but, um, I get a ring every 10 years. So I have another one coming and, uh, you know, and we are in the state of fiancés where it's always potential and commitment and romance. Yeah. And I'm a fan of that. And your chart is Uranian enough that some version of that is what works for you. Being able to choose your partner instead of being contractually obliged to your partner is a better match for you. Much um, yeah. So this is where you need to be now. I think that this relationship gives you the stimulation and also the stability that you crave. And sometimes you wish you were getting a little more stability and you're getting stimulation, vice versa. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it goes either way. But I, I think the problems in this relationship 
are actually kind of they're not big problems for you for the most part. Um, does that make sense? I so I see Pam, you smiling and agreeing. That's yeah, what I'm curious totally. about. It does. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. That's great. That's great. Okay, so now we have a third question. I told you I get to all your questions. I Thank like you. a challenge. So what's the third question? You were asking about our relationship as business partners. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Interesting. What are you asking about this relationship? Hmm. Yesterday when I did the tarot, I, I, it seemed like there was a lot of... Uh, you know, two cards like popped out and I wanted to put one back and my friend said, no, you got to keep that one. Both what of them was were it? To, they were both along these lines of, I, it might've been this, but I, again, I'm not a hundred percent sure. That's a great card. Okay. They, they were all about, um, not being afraid and just going out and, and, and choosing to, uh, not give it, you know, a shit about what people think and just do, do your thing that you, and working on just seemed okay. like that's where it was going and then i so, was thinking in terms of cam because he is a you know obviously a partner in this podcast and in the future um if we do something with tv and things like that i was thinking how well what is this a you know a good thing for both of us it feels like it is so in your relationship chart you have a sun midheaven north node saturn conjunction which means that it makes weirdly perfect sense that the two of you would have a public career together. Wow. Weird. That's, I would never have guessed that question. from a parent-child relationship. Right. And that's here the we question are. I asked. Here are my caveats. Okay. It could be either of you based on our conversations I'm, I'm, and based on looking at both of your charts. I'm going to guess it's Cam, but it could be either of you will at some point need to pivot or change. And the other person will feel threatened and harmed by that. And the two of you do not have great boundaries. Sorry. Um, and so this is going to be, um, you know, a sticky situation. I imagine you've had moments of this throughout your relationship. I mean, you couldn't be closer, right? Um, and so the agreements the two of you make need to have flexibility to them so that it feels like success and it isn't just externally successful. Because the, you have all the markers for professional public success. Um, but you don't have all the markers for flexibility and good boundaries. In fact, you don't have many. So that's the thing I would work on. And this isn't about like, I guess, ar arguably like the whole thing, your whole shtick is no boundaries. Let's just do this. Right. So you, you make it work for you. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm more talking about there's a way that you're very different people around negotiating boundaries. Um, Karen Lee, you're actually really great at being like, no, don't want it. Not. No. And then. Cam, when I look at your chart, you come across like you're good at it, but I don't know that you are good at it. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I think many yeah. times in this conversation, you've been like, "This, there's no boundaries here. You got to do something. Yeah, yeah. And this, just like in any other professional relationship, can be contractually negotiated. The problem is, as a, you know, a family relationships are not usually contractually negotiated. Hmm. And there's an inherent power differential, you know, mom, child. And so, you know, I would definitely say if you're going to do something like sign up for, uh, you know, a season or multiple seasons on a TV show, I would recommend and I don't expect you to take my advice, even though I think it's great advice that I'm about to give you. I would recommend you get a mediator 
who is there to represent both of your needs, not because there's conflict. You know, usually mediators are employed when there's a conflict. I'm not actually seeing a conflict. I'm seeing that you two could simply use a third party to make sure that both of your fears and hopes are addressed in your contractual agreement. And this might not be like if you do something with Netflix, it might not be, you know, with your contract with Netflix. It might be a contract you make between the two of you, not mm. legally binding, unless you want it to be, where you make agreements. So, you know, Cam, if you're just like, you know, my podcasting company is, you know, popping off and I need to step back, that there's infrastructure so that you're not abandoning the project mm -hmm. and you're not abandoning your mom with no recourse because the project depends on both of you. There, there's there's some sort of agreements there. And this will make it so that neither of you feel, neither of you get screwed in any way. Not that I see that people, one of you would screw each other at all, but I'm, you know, prepare for the worst and then be thrilled when something moderately bad happens, you know, like I'm Jewish. I know things. Uh, so that's what I recommend for the two of you. Thank you. And for whatever it's worth, um, Cam, in doing this, you're developing skills that you need for the partnership that you theoretically want. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's worth doing in that way. Um, and I think it would be very soothing for you, Karen Lee. Like, I think it'd be very soothing for well, you. Yeah, I have this foreboding fear that I got to get this thing done soon because I'm already getting old. You know, we talked about oh, that before we started this podcast. You're like, TikTok, TikTok, we got to get this done. You know, I'm not going to look as good as I look right now in five years from now. I respect that. Slash also, it's a cartoon. Right, right, right. But, but I understand you're going to be like doing press and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I hear you. Um, I will say that your fears show up in your relationship chart. And it's important that you remember who the fuck you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. As long as you are willing to evolve and pivot your relationship to beauty and vanity, um, you're not going to have a problem with that. Like, unless... Unless you let it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, every woman has a fucking problem with that. And also, you're going to be able to be working till you're old as fuck. Yay. If you want to. Yeah. That, that's and, an inherent question that I had over all those three questions. You know, you have to be really careful with your immune system. Do you have a thyroid issue? I did. I had a, a big had, issue with it. Did, no, did no, you get it removed? No, it was a virus. It went in, like, attacked, and then went out. Thank God. Well, wow, you had a virus for your, to your thyroid. Silent thyroiditis. <gasps> I've never heard of that. It but your chart is classic for this, even though I'd never heard of it. Um, you, when you get physical ailments, they kind of debilitate you. And they're often difficult to diagnose. They're random. They're often related to your metabolic system. You have to do a lot to support your kidneys and your liver, you know, like good Chinese medicine uh, stuff, you know, um, stuff that you can address with Chinese medicine is what I was trying to say. Um, but broadly speaking, um, you're quite healthy. And um, you know, you have to be that California person who, like, doesn't eat all these foods in order to stay right with yourself, you know? So don't go back to Illinois. It'll be a pain in your ass. You got to stay worry. here. That ain't happening. Yeah, exactly. So you got to stay here. You got to eat like a fucking Californian. But outside of that, like, you know, all bodies, I mean, they're they're made to they're made for a limited time only. Right. Like right. they don't last forever. But you have so much energy. And as long as you're managing your health, um you don't only have, only have five years. And 
Fun fact, Cam has commitment issues. Now, Cam, I don't know if you think you have commitment issues, but I think you have commitment (laughs) issues. So I'm just saying it like it's a fact. And so the more worried you are of like, oh, shit, I only have a certain amount of time, the more that Cam kind of like shuts down. Um, And Cam, does that feel right to you? I would agree that, yeah, it's definitely hard for me to to, uh, to find something to commit to. But I, she's never expressed any uh, ambiguity around the podcast or our no. work together. So it's never created any issues for me in terms of fear of like, Jessica, know, what is we she going to bow out? What, she, what he and I both did not bring up is we both have, and, and this goes with my other daughter, um, and, and it goes with a lot of family members um, in my past, huge anxiety, huge, especially ours is medical anxiety. Other members okay. might have social anxiety, but we, as a, as a, I can speak for you on this, I'm sure, Cam. Is this duo? It's a, a duo. I see. Okay, and that's a anxiety. lot of what I'm talking about. This is, you know, I talk about <clears throat> boundaries. I'm saying that because I'm seeing these anxieties, and I didn't, I wasn't seeing it as, you know, like medical, like an anxiety disorder or whatever. I was just seeing it as like in situations. Um, but that makes sense. And I think, again, you know, being clear with people is hard when you're feeling anxious because you're not feeling clear. Like that's the whole fucking that's part of the problem with anxiety. <laughs> so that makes sense. And also, um, you know, when I come back to this relationship chart, the opportunities that you're being offered around TV or whatever it is, um, you need to scrutinize the contracts you're being offered. Like you have lawyers. Yeah. Mm hmm. Like a bunch of lawyers that you trust. Okay, good. You just need to scrutinize them because you don't need to jump at the first thing you're offered if it's not the right offer. And, you know, if you're feeling like TikTok, TikTok, you might be like, yeah, it's not perfect, but I gotta. You don't gotta do shit, girl. You don't gotta do shit. So it's important to, you know, shop around your options. The thing is, is that in this situation, you are uncharacteristically driven by, uh, a fear. And that's because of aging and aging as a woman in public is a fucking bitch. Right. Uh, And so it's tough. It's just, it's tough. And I think that there's an opportunity in this and you know what the opportunity is and you take the opportunity, but the older you get, the more you got to take the fucking opportunity and it gets harder to do. So here we are. And, um, and I do think that, that it's just about continuing to have that conversation with yourself around what it means to age in public um, and what what is doing it look like for you, you know, like what is doing it in a like healthy way look like for you, because because you can command great opportunities as a team. Don't jump on the first good opportunity out of fear. That's the mm. that's the full message on that I, that I wanted to make sure I, I expressed. Cam, do you know what my go to birthday gift is these days? What is that? What? Products by Satisfyer. I love Satisfyer. They make the most beautiful vibrators and air pulse stimulators with cutting edge technology and they're at affordable prices. Yep. Their new line of products is Bluetooth enabled and pairs with their Satisfyer Connect app. So you can connect your device to your Android, Apple, and iWatch. You could turn your phone into a a remote control. You can control the motor speed and vibration. It's sometimes I've got a vibrator going and then you're pressing all these buttons and it's going faster, slower, and you can't even control it. I've had a cock ring that, that <laughs> I, I, I put that thing on. I don't know what level it's at. That thing almost ripped my dick off. Luckily, with Satisfyer, you get exact control over your pleasure device. And your partner can have control over your pleasure device, especially if you're out of town. Oh. 
this is what I love. You you could do the whole sub-dom thing. You're playing with someone from a distance, someone across the world from you. You can even connect with people and message through their Satisfyer Connect app. Satisfyer is offering our lucky listeners 30% off any Satisfyer when you go to Satisfyer.com and enter code MOM30 at checkout. Again, if you're looking for one of our favorite new devices, go to Satisfyer, S-A-T-I-S-F-Y-E-R, Dot com and use code MOM30, M-O-M-30, for 30% off. Do you have any other questions? Oh, my God. All the questions. Other all than the, all of the questions of the, the world, questions. do you have any other questions? I have questions about my younger son. What's going on with him? He's looking to find himself. So will he find himself? Ah, too broad a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally speaking, how old is he? How old is he, Cam? 27? 27. 27. Oh, nobody finds themselves before the age of 28, okay. uh, 29. Uh, people think they find themselves, and you know what happens at 28, 29? They lose themselves. Uh, it's it's just, it's the Saturn return. It's just what happens. Uh, Cam, you're, you're in the process of it. So there's something in astrology. There's something in astrology called the Saturn return. It happens up to three, maybe more times, depending on how long you live. Happens at around 29 years old, and then, you know, 29 years later, so close to 60, and then 90, and then yada, yada. Okay. So the first one, uh, you're still in the phase of the sudden return cam. So the sudden return is when you become an adult from an astrological perspective. It's when you are no longer reacting to your childhood or reacting to the people you grew up with or the people you uh, deemed as peers in your 20s. And you're starting to enact who the fuck you are as an adult. And most people at around 27 start to feel like they're running out of time. They don't know what to do with their lives. They're confused. They want to break up with everybody. They want to like burn everything to the ground or they get really conservative. And they're like, oh, I have to fix everything. I have to have a career. I have to have money. And uh, they again, this feeling of running out of time is a big part of it. And then 29 hits, the Saturn return. It can last a couple of weeks. It can last a whole year. And at that time, you have a confrontation and it's fucking hard, which is why everyone remembers what was happening around 29 years old in their lives. And it's usually big. Traditionally, um, people would get married or have kids or get divorced or graduate school or go back to school. But now as there's more options for how to live, there's more ways that this goes. But you get the picture. It's like you become a part of society, become an adult. And then... After, you know, 2930, things seem like they're getting back to normal, right, Cam? Things are just like they go back to normal, shit's happening, and then you hit 33. It's called the Christ year. And the 33rd year is the integration point of everything you did and did not do at around 29. So whatever it was that came up for you thematically at 29 years old, if you haven't been working on it, it's going to come for you. And if you have been working on it, it's going to come for you. You're welcome. So you're at the tail end side of what your brother's at the the onset of. Yeah. And it's it's good that he doesn't know who he is, because when people are like, oh, I totally know who I am at 27 or 28. I'm like, oh, honey, your ass will be handed to you by the universe (laughs) and it won't feel great. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not how it goes. So I wouldn't worry about him yet. Worry about him later if you like. So here's my question, because. I was raised in a different generation. Like we didn't have the choices that people have yep. these days. Correct. So at 33, I was still in the process of just trying to have kids. Mm-hmm. I totally transformed. But, you know, do most people transform? Yeah. And, and, yes. Because I mean, so, I transformed, like I went from 
only like literally the soccer mom, except that my kids are bad at sports. <laughs> um, to, okay, more of the theater mom. Sure. Okay. Sure. To literally, I took an astrology class, and after the class, the teacher said, "Come up, and you can ask me individual questions." And the only thing I asked about was my three kids. That's it. I didn't ask about myself. So at many all. women do that. So many women but, do that. I mean, you just did it. You asked about your son. I know. And I saw myself and it's doing your generation. It, yeah. it is your generation. So that's one part of the answer. Another part of the answer is what was going on for you around, let's see, are you Pluto in, oh, you're, okay. Um, so what was going on for you around 58, 59 years old? That was your second set in return. 58? Yeah. Oh, this is when we started the podcast. Exactly. So this is your second set in return. And the second set in return is the... Yeah, exactly. So the first time in return, you were like, oh, I have to have babies. I have to do everything I can to have babies. The most important thing is being a mom. And now the most important thing is having this generative career that is your new baby, right? And the second Saturn return is the closure of this first adult phase of your development. So what your two sons are right at the precipice of, you have just closed. And now you're at the second phase of your adult development from, you know, 60 to 90, broadly. Um, and what this is, is when we are meant only to go into the world in a way that reflects what we actually are. It's not an experiment in the same way as it was. You know who the fuck you are. And you know who you could be and who you don't want to be and all the things. It's all fucking theories at 29. It's and all I wanna, theories. And I want to teach that to women, especially my age. See, this is what I do on TikTok. This is this is classic. This works. This works for you. And and it's very classic of the second Saturn return. So at 62, you are now at this place where whatever you started, 58, 59 years old, you're like, oh, this is my life now. This is who I am now. And you get to build. Right. And what happens with Saturn is we go through um, challenges to Saturn every seven years. So we can start literally at seven years old. It's when children individuate. Seven-year-old children are all of a sudden like, I was at the park. I know you weren't there. But a five-year-old is like, we were at the park, even if they were there with a babysitter and you weren't there, right? Like they don't necessarily know. Seven-year-olds individuate. The next one's at 14 years old. Ugh, everyone knows 14. It's a terrible time. It's a terrible time. Your identity's all over the place. Your hormones are all over the place. And you're annoying to your parents. <laughs> Am I wrong? Um, and then it goes on. <laughs> Thank you. It's 14, then 21, 29, and it keeps on going. Every seven years, we go through these crises in consciousness. And this is for all humans. We go through these crises in consciousness. And they are meant to be times where we pivot when needed. We prune our lives. We um, look critically at what is and isn't working in practical ways. And we adjust from the inside out. We change our behaviors, we change our engagements, or we um, kind of like double down and further them. This is just how life is. And, you know, science has its own version of that. Like, I think like our skin sloughs off every something years. I don't fucking know. Um, but the point <laughs> is, is that astrology, um, astrology gives us, there are certain things that are not, you know, they're very individual and I couldn't say broadly, but Saturn is a planet of predictability. Saturn is a planet that tells us, um, of how the kind of human body and the human condition evolves over linear time, right? So this is not like time in that spiritual way. I was talking about it before. It's, it's time in the human condition. So yeah, so whatever it was that you started 58, 59, at that two and a half year mark, you're, you have this 
kind of feedback loop where you're like, this is working or this isn't working and you're having great feedback. And then about two and a half years after that, three years after that, you're going to have a crisis and that crisis will either be great or a pain in your ass. Oh, great. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking You're welcome. forward to the crisis. Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, I have loved getting to do readings for the two of you and just getting to we hang out and talk to the two so of you. So appreciate it. I can speak for both of us. We Thank love you, you so, 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 so much. You are amazing. I mean, just like and every topic just in brought me extreme solace. You, you brought me nachos. Oh, thank you. I love Nachas. Especially, you know, when I, when you said about what I'll, you know, the Saturn and this, and when I was turning around 62 or whatever, I mean, those are things that I didn't even think about, but when we started talking, it made a lot of sense. It's really the beautiful thing about aging, especially in a life where you've lived in accordance with what you truly want, right? You've tried for the things you want is that when you start to look back at the patterns, like if you actually start to unpack 21, 29, uh, keep on going, keep on going until you hit 62, you're going to see patterns that are really life affirming for you. You can see that your biggest struggles are related to your biggest successes in ways you couldn't have seen from the point of struggle. And to me, this is part of what draws me to astrology is that there is a math to life. Mm. And that's very reassuring because life is chaotic and upsetting. And so I like mm. to know that, you know, the math doesn't solve you from struggle. It doesn't absolve you of learning and growing and living, but it does kind of give you a sense of like this transit will pass. This opportunity will pass. This struggle will pass. And so all you have is this moment and having an understanding of our patterns uh, helps to leverage the moment effectively in, in my view. And I'm again, huge fan, huge fan of that. And you can see that this is nothing you, 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 it's not about sun sign horoscopes. It's about something much more complex and detailed and nuanced. Yeah. It really, it made me feel like, I feel so sorry for so many friends of mine that feel like their life is pretty much over at 62 or 63. Yeah. They're, they're like, Oh, I mean, well, I, you know, I'll be a grandma, you know? A lot of people feel like that at my age. I'm 47. A lot of people feel like that at 25. And it is it is incredibly sad. And it is, for me, incredibly motivating to keep on living in a way that is authentic to what's inside of me instead of um, kind of bowing to what's outside of me, you know, expectations or whatever. And I I think that it takes some some bravery to live like that. And also, it takes a willingness to want, want to be miserable. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think that, you know, if more of us prioritize being happy over having money or validation or whatever it is, uh, life would be better. You know, just uh, another hot take over here. That could be a nice Hallmark card. Yeah. Je- <laughs> Jessica, I feel like we could talk to you literally for a full day. Yeah. Just that stop. I'm too. basically moving into your houses. Oh, well, you're, you're welcome here anytime. You. Anytime Thank you, you come much. to Los Thank Angeles, you. believe me, you, you will always welcome here. Thank I, you. I, you know, part of me feels bad for our listeners that they're that the sneaky freaks cannot book time with you right now. However, you do have an amazing podcast that I would love to recommend. Ghost of a Thank podcast. You. Yes. I do. And you and I do give readings on that show. So if you go to ghostofapodcast.com, you can listen to the show, but you can also write me questions that I answer on the show. So I answer a listener question every week. And you do so um, well. I don't know how you can speak and speak and speak. And it's it's still riveting. I mean, usually I'm like bored when I hear some one person talking, but 
you're so exciting that it's just like I, I could, I mean, Kim's like, you got to listen to this person just to get an idea. I, I listened to like three or four of your podcasts already. I mean, and Thank you. you have a patron page, which yes. you should shout out. People okay, so join. I do have a Patreon, and on my Patreon, I, you know, do astrology, I answer questions about mediumship and animal communication, and I teach tarot. Um, so, or tarot. yeah, that's fun. Tar- or tarot. Tar- what do you tarot, call it again? I say tarot. No. Exactly. <laughs> I was hoping you would say it, because I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I got too shy about it, but I was hoping you'd do it. Um, so, yeah, I have the Patreon. I also have a book. It's called Astrology for Real Relationships, and it's oh, so sick. pretty. Oh, Isn't it I pretty? am going to be the first purchaser of Thank podcast. you very much. And I will just brag about it for a moment to tell you that it's broken into three sections. You can see it's like color-coded sections. One section's about friends. One section's about hookups and early stages of dating, Cam. And then the third <laughs> section is about long-term relationships. So a lot of astrology books are just all about long-term relationships. But um, I think friendship's really important. And I think the early stages of dating is super important. Um, and so, yeah, so I go through all of those sections in the book. And um, and it's like, you know, it's, it's like not a heterotypical book. So I explore multiple genders and different ways of being in relationship because not all relationships are monogamous or should be, um, you know, so we get in, we get into all that shit. So, you know, those are the things. And then I have an Instagram and I'm on it. I love the Instagram. Can you, you, <laughs> know, what, you. what is your handle? I'm at Jessica Lignato and that's hard to spell. I just, I, I'm sorry. Um, but I'm at Jessica Lignato and I'm verified. So there is some fucking nerd out there who stole at Jessica Lignato as one word on Instagram. Uh, but uh, I have Jessica underscore Lignato. And again, if it's not verified, it's it's that nerd. And I mainly on my Instagram these days, I put out videos where I am planets and I'm speaking about astrology from the perspective of the planets. There's, because... it's, it's hilarious <laughs> and you. it's so interesting. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I feel like it's an easier way to learn astrology and it's not too self-serious, even though I'm very self-serious. Well, thank you both so much for having me. Thank, thank you. True pleasure. You're amazing. You are. I'm so, you so glad much. we met. It, me too. Me too. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.